0: Who is the Broncos running back to play, if any, with now Chase Edmonds in the backfield in Denver? Which tight end is going to stand out in that Bills and Jets game? Is it going to be Tyler Conklin or is it going to be Dawson Knox? Both. Neither. We're going to talk about that. And is one backup running back on an average team actually the better play in Week 9 than a starter? On his own team, plus the 32-time FFPC and Football Guys Players Championship League winner, John Terry, rejoins the program to talk about whether Derek Carr is going to bounce back in Week 9 against Jacksonville, whether Clyde Edwards-Alaire should be in lineups this weekend, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now.
1: Stand the pressure. I've seen greater men Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Solace
2: in the scripture. are we not
1: all our a man. ever
0: Greetings and salutations to all of you bulkaholics and foreliacs tuning in. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com, a.k.a. the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is indeed the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, the one, the only, the Farrell Elliot Farrell, Welcome in. Here we are, week nine of the uh, FFPC and KFFSC. I haven't made up my mind yet because I've had people tell me, oh, it's going by so fast. And then I think about, you know, everything that, that the FFPC and the KFFSC go, has going on. And I'm like, maybe it's not going that fast. I don't know. How's it been for you?
2: Um, it's fast for me. I- fast, okay. Um you know, but sometimes when you're doing well, you can't get it over fast enough. So if, if you're doing well, <laughs> it might be that it's going slow. And if you're not doing well, it's going fast. You've got limited time to catch up. I keep reminding myself that we have, you know, we, we used to have an 11 week season, as I recall in the FFPC. Now it is a 12 week season. So you have an extra week to load up on your punts uh, or your players and, and make a difference. But you know, um, Balky's a lot of the questions and a lot of the things we're going to talk about tonight is how to eke out those those last few remaining points. And it's what it always comes down to, the difference between winning or losing. You know, tonight we're talking to a man that has had so much success in fantasy football, and he's probably got so many stories where – He was almost there with other teams that he just didn't make it with. And it always comes down
0: to the moves you make in these weeks. Very,
2: very important time of the season.
0: I I always bring this up too, John Terry, who is tonight's guest. He'll be talking to you in about uh, less than 15 minutes, actually um, finished with two top 10 uh, football guys, players, championship teams last season, which is an incredible, incredible achievement. So we'll talk about that, and he's got a top-20 team this uh, season. You can say what you will about that, but that's an incredible achievement to go back-to-back to to have a top-20 team out of nearly 15,000 teams. Um, I don't know how he does it. We're going to try to pick his brain. We'll see what he gives up tonight on how he's been able to do it. That's all coming up uh, on tonight's show. We're also going to debate whether Cam Akers' return uh, to practice changes how we think about Daryl Henderson. Spoiler alert, it may not. Uh, And uh, we'll talk about why Justin Fields might be the guy this week over Tom Brady. Then, as Farrell alluded to, the 32-time FFPC and football guys, uh, redraft and dynasty champion. John Terry is going to talk to us about whether he thinks you need to bite the bullet and play Damian Harris uh in a bye-week or uh, a by bi-, bi apocalypse by Mageddon in week nine. Whether you need to bite the bullet and play Damian Harris this week, and whether TJ Hawkinson is actually a must-start now that he is on the move from Detroit to Minnesota, now in the nation's capital, which is where the Vikings are going to play the Commanders this week. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, please do so. Uh, The show is at HSFFR. I am at Eric Walkman. And always check out Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. Facebook is uh, where you can uh, connect with us, Facebook.com slash HSFFR to be uh, specific. Um, You can also uh, email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. So if you have any questions for us, now is the time to send those in. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, all your tweets, and all your emails in the fantasy feedback uh, segment coming up later on in the show. Thanks to our audio engineer and my best friend, Bryce, and, of course, our producer and mutual friend, Rob. Play the FFPC Weekly Challenge this week, ladies and gentlemen. No draft, no salary cap, just choose 10 or 12 players by Sunday's kickoff. Remember, you can only pick one player per team. You want to play the slim format. There's no kickers or defenses. Uh, if you want to play the 12-player uh, format, that's with kickers and defenses. You can play either one. MyFFPC.com, you can play for as little as $35 or as much as $200, a 30-team contest, 100-team contest. And don't forget, you can play for a 2023 FFPC main event event. Entry if you want to play in the $200 10-team format. So if you beat those other nine players out, you can play for a million bucks next year uh, with your winnings. That is uh, pretty awesome. We encourage that kind of behavior over at myffpc.com. In case you missed the Rotoviz high stakes lowdown this week, check out rotoviz.com slash podcast or the FFPC YouTube channel, Greg Pignatelli, a former guest of this show. uh, He appeared on the road of his high-stakes lowdown this week. We uh, hopefully helped you out with your waivers and uh, are helping you out with the uh, week nine lineups that you have in front of you, which is what Farrell, myself, and John Terry are going to help you do tonight. Remember, if you are watching this, remember to like, subscribe to the channel, comment on the uh, videos, share the videos, and get notified. Uh, The more you do that, the better the channel becomes, the better content, and the more content we can give you going forward. So make sure you are doing that. All right, let's get into it on a special trade deadline episode of the high stakes fantasy footballer, big time uh, stuff this week as uh, it's, it's been kind of old hat the last few years, Farrell, we've seen more and more trades done at the NFL trade deadline. And maybe the biggest, arguably the biggest one was chase Claypool (laughs) going from Pittsburgh to Chicago this past week in exchange for a 2023 second-round pick, according to Field Yates on Twitter. Now, uh, Ian Rappaport, I think the earlier reports on this said that um, the pick was going to be the Baltimore second-round pick that the Bears acquired in the Roquan Smith deal. Mm -mm, That wasn't the case. It's going to be the Bears' second-round pick. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, Claypool is obviously going to be – Uh, In the top two receiver conversation in Chicago, you can make the case that he might even be the number one receiver here before seasons end ahead of Darnell Mooney. Uh, That's going to increase his volume, you would think, um, over what he was doing in Pittsburgh. I know he'd been coming on uh, lately, but certainly a lot of the conversation coming out of Pittsburgh was that George Pickens was going to be the number two there uh, over Chase Claypool. You look at Chicago, we'll get into some Justin Field stuff coming up later on in the show, but they have been throwing the ball a little bit more um, I talked to the Dizzle this week, Farrell, uh, the day after the trade deadline, and he was shocked. In fact, I believe the word he used was fleece. He believes the Steelers fleeced the Bears for a second round pick oh in exchange goodness. for Chase Claypool. Your response to that? Well,
2: it is difficult on the uh, FFPC network to contradict the uh, Dizzle, but um. Since he probably has put all of his activity into listening to the Rotoviz shows this week, you know, we'll just go ahead over here and and say what we think. And Dizzle, uh, you know, I, I saw that Rappaport made some uh, equally uh, disparaging comments about the trade and about Clay. And Rappaport went further than the Dizzle. He managed to uh, insult Saint Brown, uh kill Harry and Claypool all in the same paragraph. So I, and and it amazes me. First thing that Rappaport said, can't believe gave up a draft pick for a, a player that's never gained a thousand yards. Well, you know, he's been sharing time with Juju Smith-Schuster been mm-hmm. sharing time with Johnson in Pittsburgh and then two rookie uh, rookie in his second year, he approached 900 yards and one of them, we got nine touchdowns. What does he bring to the Chicago bears? Um, he brings a real receiver, a real target receiver in a league now that has elongated uh, defensive backs who can separate receivers like Mooney from the ball. Uh, he will. Wh- what will he mean for existing Bears uh, like Mooney? And Mooney has is, is now got an opportunity to set himself free. You uh, did not – you didn't have to roll safeties to Mooney because he wasn't that physical of a presence and he runs good routes and he has excellent speed, but, uh, Fields has got some delivery issues with the ball. So what it becomes now is he gets a big, big target in Claypool fields is coming together in the last two weeks. He's a, he's extending the plays. And, and when you do that, it will give time. Um, it will give time for, uh, Mooney to get open and uh, Claypool will be the target that can win the, the contested ball. So I think it's a wonderful uh, acquisition. Uh, he Claypool is only 24 years old. Uh, has his played in, in very good health in the league and has caught uh, in, in a difficult situation. He's made the most of it over the last two years. It's a good thing for the bears. Uh, and you know, in a in a receiving year, a draft forthcoming, and all of our dynasty players that, that look listen to this, uh, the scouting word in the NFL is this year's draft class at the wide receiver position is awful thin. So it makes sense to me if you can get a player like
0: this into your roster, not only for this year but for the future. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Are you saying that this is good not only for Claypool, but good for Mooney and Fields as well? Oh yeah. It it and and you know Fields is beginning to
2: get it. He's got a long way to go. And I'll tell you what else Claypool brings to the field uh, for the quarterback. Uh Claypool's willing to block. He's willing to block that edge guy. And he's willing to knock that safety around. Now these yards that Fields puts together, I mean, he's possibly on position to challenge a thousand yards this year. Probably won't get it, but statistically he could. He could legitimately challenge that number, and that number comes in, becomes important only when he starts running for touchdowns. So when he gets in the red zone and Claypool can occupy players and clear out an area of the field where Justin Fields can then do his thing, it, it, it elevates the Bears uh, significantly here.
0: Um, we like to get it into the minutiae on this show, and we're going to get into the minutia now with Chase Edmonds, uh, this deal here. The Broncos end up getting Chase Edmonds here uh, from the Dolphins. This was all part of the Bradley-Chubb trade. Now, Bradley-Chubb, obviously, from a real football standpoint, that's what, we, that's what we should be focused on. We don't focus on real football necessarily on the show. We focus on the fantasy aspect of it. So now the Denver backfield, which we thought was going to be Javante Williams all the way this season, has now devolved into Latavius Murray, into Melvin Gordon, and now Chase Edmonds. Uh, He has zero 10-carry games since the start of the season, just 41 rushing yards over his last month-plus of action in the NFL. Now, you can't really say that Edmonds is going to be the the number one guy there. I I don't see that happening. I don't think the Broncos see that happening uh, as well. And uh, let's face it, Nathaniel Hackett hasn't gone out of his way to declare uh, a a Chase Edmonds-led backfield thus far. Uh, Latavius Murray last week had 14 carries. You would think that he is probably still the guy that you want to start in this backfield uh, until, you know, any of these guys steps forward. But, Farrell, I guess the question here is until any of these guys step forward, is there anybody that you want to be starting, even in week nine, when you have six teams on by? Well, yeah, and and isn't
2: Denver one of them?
0: Uh, you know what? As soon as I said that, I thought yeah. that they might be, yeah. and they indeed are. <laughs> Denver is one of them. Browns. Hold on. Browns, Cowboys, Broncos, Giants, Steelers, and Niners.
2: And so, since the Broncos are in Denver, they will not be playing, playing. football. Yeah. Well, you know, uh Evans is an excellent player. They were looking for that third down, pass catching back, it now becomes confusing. For a very, very short time, all us Melvin Gordon owners that were patting ourselves on the back for our ninth, 10th, and 11th round pick of Melvin, uh, you know, we were very, very proud of ourselves for about two weeks there. And I still think (laughs) he's the talent at the position. Um, But, you know, from a fantasy perspective, it's going to be very, very difficult to get with this team, a team that loves to run the ball, but a quarterback who is now – getting it based on his last game that he had uh, in London. Things are coming together there, so let's let's see if we can get some direction after the bye week. But this can this situation has become even more vexing uh, than perhaps even Baltimore's. At
0: this do you Farrell? Do you have to find a way if if you have Murray, if you have Gordon, if you have Edmonds, you got to find a way to keep all these guys on your roster until we get some more clarification coming up in Week Ten, right?
2: Yeah, chances are you've got two of them. I've got a team with uh, with Gordon and Murray, and I can foresee in the near future when I have to start them that that the chances of me picking the wrong one are greater than 50, 50, but you know, tip of the cat to cap to Murray, who I thought belonged in the league. And uh, he's proved that upon his return
0: that he's ever been as, as good a player as he was when he left it. We have John Terry, the 32 time FFPC and football guys league winner coming up before we get to him. I, I think we should bring this up. Uh, People who have watched the show, listened to the show, Farrell are well aware of our proclivities to uh, Daryl Henderson and how we feel oh, about yeah. him in Los Angeles. But I should bring this up because Cam Akers was not dealt at the NFL trade deadline. Okay. And in fact, uh, he has returned to practice as of yesterday for the Los Angeles Rams. Um, Akers. welcome to back with opened arms from his teammates. Right. He's very important. Akers said, I never asked to not be a part of the team. I never asked to not play. I never asked to not practice. Um, Take that for what you will, whatever. Um, But uh, as you said, Farrell, it it sounds like the Rams are embracing Cam Akers coming back to the team. He has not played since week five, and it sounds like he could be a factor even right away in week nine uh, for this game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, as of this airing, the Rams have still not activated Kyron Williams uh, off-fire, their five, uh, fifth-round pick from, from Notre Dame. Good they already one. have Daryl Henderson. Ronnie Rivers got some run this past week. Malcolm Brown seemingly always in the mix for some <laughs> NFL team. God bless him. God bless him. He is carving out his career. We root for him here on the HSF-F-O-R. Um, How has Akers return affected how you – might deploy Daryl Henderson in your lineups this week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Has it shifted it at all? Is it a non-factor or is it a significant factor?
2: Uh, I think it's too early for this week. I, Henderson to me remains Yes, everyone knows that I like Henderson for this position. I like him better than everybody, including the Los Angeles Rams. The Los Angeles Rams gave the job to Cam Akers, bulky. If you remember at the end of July and the 1st of August, we're talking about how Cam Akers is the guy. And I think he was given the job without earning it. But he came in and he was banged up, and so they played Henderson, and Henderson played well. And we talk about how the responsibility of the football team is much more than just the players on the field. We talk at length about the trainers in the training room. And there's a disagreement about this player's progress through training. He didn't he said he was he didn't ask not to practice. If that's a complete sentence, I don't know. But he he uh In other words, he's saying it's not his responsibility that he didn't practice, that's coming from the training room. Uh, Then we talk about trading, and I think it's important to remember that Les Sneeds the general manager here. So what is he going to trade him for, a fifth or a sixth round draft pick, which other general managers probably find value in for a running back. That's what they would bring on the open market. But Sneed finds value in none of his draft picks, so he doesn't want to welcome that. So he welcomes Cam Akers back because that's his alternative, and they're restarting the situation and Henderson will continue to do what he does when given the opportunity, and Akers can uh, continue to try and impress us. It was 46 yards in the Super Bowl uh, that he gained, and uh, I, I think the Rams have proven that they can win the highest honor in football without him being the stud running back, and, and I don't think they're built that way. Consequently, if you drafted him, was he a third-round draft pick, Bucky?
0: Early on, yes, but he slipped quite a ways. Um, yeah. After the uh, the opening um, game yeah. in, the, in the season, and I
2: knowing I could get Henderson, I never considered drafting him. And I, for those that did, uh, they probably wish they hadn't. You know, you you were better off to draft Elijah Mitchell, who was hurt uh, for the the entirety of the season because you couldn't start Mitchell, but you could start Acres for a few weeks, and that hurt even more.
0: Um, Let's um, I, I we have a, a great question, a fantastic question from Don Crypto here in, mm. in the YouTube chat. Before we get to it, because, Farrell, I, I think my brain and your brain, this question is bigger than it. We need a third brain in on this. Mm-hmm. And who better to bring in as the big brain on the show tonight than tonight's guest? He is a longtime FFPC player. He's has notched uh, almost a dozen high-stakes dynasty titles over the course of his of course. career. Last year in 2021, this is not a career thing. This is just last year, more than 70 Thousand dollars in winnings. He's here to talk about uh week nine in high stakes fantasy football. We're going to talk about Kadarius tony the new Kansas City Chief. We're going to talk about Romeo Dobbs going up against a historically bad Detroit defense this week. We're going to talk about Taysom Hill going on on Monday Night Football in a game that Mark Andrews might not play. Is he a nice pivot? Is he more than that? Uh, it's that's all coming up right now. Please welcome back onto the high stakes fantasy football hour. Mr. John Terry, John, thank you there he is. for spending your Friday night with us, man. Good, good, good to have
3: you on. Hey, good to be here. Good to see you guys again.
0: All right, so let's 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 throw it out here right away from Don Crypto. I uh, I wish I had this team, but he only has two flex spots available, and he's got four guys. It's Deontay Foreman. Bear in mind, Ch- uh, Chuba Hubbard has already been ruled out. He's got Josh Palmer. Bear in mind, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are already out. He's got Gabe Davis, who is an awesome receiver for the Bills. And Jonathan Taylor ruled out. He's got Deion Jackson as well. He's got to sit two of those guys. Farrell, I'm going to throw it to you right away. Quite frankly, I'm lost on this. Which two guys are you sitting? I'm assuming full PPR here. Uh, you got to pick two. Foreman Palmer... Gabe Davis and Dion Jackson.
2: There's nothing better than being an opening act for a Hall of Famer. It's very much in the music business, you know. And nobody expects anything from the opening act, and and it, John Terry's answer will be based. Uh, he, he, John, in my conversations with you, you've always provided compelling reasons uh, for the players to be drafted, and you've stayed consistently on that for, for years. And 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 your answer is going to probably be much more layered and specific than mine. But Foreman, you must play based on his productivity. And Gabriel Davis, you must play, even if you think Palmer is an upside receiver in that game. Davis, you must play because Davis has no issues with his quarterback's health, and, and Palmer does. We just don't know how healthy Herbert is. So I'm saying Davis and Foreman, that's an easy question, and Don Crypto's just showing off. Because that, that's that's what he's doing there. He's bragging about his free agent acquisitions. and uh, But that's okay because you can do
0: that on this show. All right. So, so Farrell, just real quick again. You said who are the two starters?
2: Oh, my guys are Foreman and Davis. Foreman easy. and Davis. I think okay. this is easy.
0: Okay. So, it's easy for Farrell. He says Foreman and Davis. Now, Hudson Kern-Reeve weighing in on this. He says it's Deion Jackson and Gabe Davis. I'm going to weigh in. And I'm going to say Gabe Davis and Deontay Foreman. So, John Terry, how do you sit down this? Foreman, Palmer, Gabe Davis, Deion Jackson, pick two to start.
3: Uh, it's a challenging question because I like all those guys, mm-hmm. you own a lot of those players. Uh, for me, I would go Foreman and Palmer. Foreman and Palmer. <laughs> so, four great
0: minds. And we're all going different ways on this. No, I'm with
3: you, Valky. I'm Foreman and Davis.
0: Foreman and Okay. So Foreman and yeah, Davis. Okay, I, go.
3: I just think uh, the Chargers matchup is too good. And, I mean, everybody's hurt. And we found out, like, even DeAndre Carter might not play today. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, all those receiving guards are going to be split up between Gerald Everett, Josh Palmer, and Eckler. That's pretty much all they have. Right. Austin
2: Eckler's going to catch twenty passes, <laughs> and there's superstars <laughs> brewing on that practice squad, John. That are just flying, man. They're going across country, and they're waiting to be given a jersey, yeah. just like just like uh, Tegan Quintoriano uh, from the Houston Houston Texans last night. Touchdown in his first play as an
3: NFL player, yeah. was his
2: first catch. They're out there.
3: They'll be there. They you, no. guys. Nobody drafted more Gabe Davis than, than I did, but yeah. he's inconsistent. So you just never know what you're going to get there.
0: Yeah, it's crazy because um, you have a situation here where, um, so yeah, so Taylor has officially been ruled out, right? And yep. Keenan Allen's officially been ruled out. So we're not... We're, we're not dancing around anymore. Like, we'll know where these guys are going. I'm kind of, you know, I, I understand the argument for, for Gabe Davis, too. Like, you know, we saw on Sunday Night Football, Jair Alexander, Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator for Green Bay, decided to split up Alexander and Stokes on opposite sides of the field rather than matching up, you know, with, with one player or the other. And Alexander was on Davis. He caught, like, two passes. I think while Alexander was guarding him, Davis didn't catch anything um at all and and buffalo this week um gets the uh who do they I this the jets right it's a yeah. one o'clock game yeah Jets. Okay. okay so that could be a sauce gardener on stefan diggs we shall see on that i i don't know how they're going to be deployed. oh yeah um, gonna be. okay so there you go uh on that it, it's um it's going to be it's going to be crazy and i i mean are we rolling the dice on on deon jackson here at all i mean like he's going to be the guy right is there any doubt john in your mind that Jackson's gonna be the guy who's get the line share, of the touches for Indy.
3: No, no, I, I mean, I have a, I have a ton of Dion Jackson, and I'm playing him almost everywhere. Um, you know, I don't have many teams where I have that kind of a decision. Um, and I, I like Jackson. It's just, um, you know, not that, not overly confident in the Colts, and mm-hmm. he put up that good game last time, which was good, great from a tan, uh, fantasy perspective, but it was like. 10 catches for 79 yards, it wasn't like he was a superstar. He just got a lot of volume,
0: which yeah. I think you will get
3: again, but I don't know that his ceiling's all that high.
0: It may not be. I always bet on volume too. And, and I know in Kentucky this week in the leagues that Deion Jackson was available, I struck out on pretty much every league, uh, not because I wasn't aggressive, but because I didn't have, have a lot of money. Um, yeah. The one league I did have enough cash, I overbid on him, and I got him, and that was the league I happened to have Jonathan Taylor on, so – Thank you uh, for bringing Deion Jackson to that squad because Lord knows I needed him. I want to stick with the Indianapolis conversation to begin our interview tonight, John, because Alec Pierce last week, uh, three catches, 65 yards on five targets. This is Sam Ellinger's debut. This is the post-Matt Ryan era now in in Indianapolis, which I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, Somebody said this on Twitter, and I wanted to say it was something like – Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan's tenure in Indianapolis was 28 weeks and three days. 28 weeks and three days. 28 3. Matt oh Ryan, my goodness. He cannot get away from it. So <laughs> bizarre. So wild that it happened. Well, we'll move on past that. Uh Alec Pierce this weekend. Again, this is going to be a recurring theme on the show, John. Six teams on by this week. Alec Pierce, is he a a, a a good comfy flex for you this week in New England?
3: Yeah, I think given how many teams are are off, I mean, you can do a lot worse. Um, I, I mean, I think they have potential with the new quarterback, and I also think, um, you know, with the new QB Pierce is probably like now he's he's moved up my list, and Pittman's moved down, and they're probably fairly close to each other now. So yeah, I, I don't mind starting Pierce this week, John. How much Derek Carr do you have? <laughs> do I have to answer that question? Yes, sir, you do.
2: <laughs> I need to find someone was, a more living he, player than I who has the same percentage of ownership of Derek
3: Carr. Yeah, if, if, uh, gosh, if uh, if Balky were to look up my stats on the site right now, think, I'll look it up right now. I'll look it up. I think right you'll now. see that I have. Way more Derek Carr than anybody else. I kind of think I have 29 teams with Derek Carr as a kid. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, you know,
2: we have to one thing to be grateful for as Derek Carr supporters. We got a little support early, but what we have to be grateful for was the early bye week because um, <laughs> it was forced before most teams. And, I, you know, I like to start the season with one quarterback. I, I was forced to find a second quarterback early and, and players available were Geno Smith and now a, uh, an elevated Jimmy Garoppolo do the changes in his roster. And th- there were others, but uh, Geno Smith was the one that I could get most often. Derek Carr, um, 13, 15 and 3.9 his last few times out this 31 points over the last three games. Um, and, and you know, you look at teams and you say, geez, if I just had 20 out of my quarterback, I would have something. I would have another 30 points. I'd be right in the thick of things. I, I would have a better feel about my team. Are you going in your teams to move off of car this weekend's matchup in Jacksonville? Are you going to move off of car to other um, quarterbacks that are either rostered or some – and there's not a lot of great names out there, but some that you can pick up off a free agency, or do you believe that the quarterback writes the ship the rest of the way? And I'll, I'll give you one caveat. What makes me very, very happy that I have other quarterbacks is I look at that. I look at what the Raiders done, but I also look at what they have in front of them. And it's, it's not the easiest path to fantasy success for a quarterback.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'll add that I'm, I'm typically always a two QB drafter mm-hmm. versus a one QB. And especially my my teams where I have Derek Carr are the ones where I waited on QB. Yes. And I, didn't, I didn't take anyone in the early round. So I pretty much always double up around the same area. So I will say that on most of my teams, I've already gone away from Carr. Um, and amongst all my teams where I have him this week, I think the only guy – I'm playing Carr over Is Stafford.
2: Will he be a, a victim of the waiver wire for you in the next couple weeks?
3: Mm, not, no, not, not for me, not yet. Only because I'm not comfortable carrying one guy, especially when we get to the playoffs. And there's literally like no one available. I'm not going to drop him to pick up like Zach Wilson or something. Zach's
2: there, man. Zach's there. <laughs> yeah, scored Carr last week Got six points. That's yeah. seven.
3: Something mm-hmm. is just not right with that Raiders offense, and I I don't I don't know I don't I don't see it improving. Well, at I'm
0: least the, at least with the passing offense, I mean Josh Jacobs has been great.
2: Oh
3: yeah,
0: yeah 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 yeah. Uh, but you're I right. Do, yeah.
2: I do see it improving, but I don't know if he can get to 20, 25 points a game like what we saw promise of in the first three games of the season.
3: Yeah, it. it's it's kind of crazy because like when when it was draft season. It was like, okay, now let me see how many guys I can draft from the AFC West to get a hold of all these shootouts. And now you yeah. got the Raiders and the Broncos who just never showed up and the Chargers who are just hurt. And Herbert looks like a shell of himself. And it's, you pretty much just have the chase. Yes.
2: yes.
0: I, I have not crunched the numbers on this, guys, but I do know this. Devontae Adams so far this season has had a game with three catches, he's had another game with just two catches and one game with one catch. I cannot remember a span when he was a Green Bay Packer where that happened. It blows my mind. I never thought it would happen, but yet here we are in in week nine and and we're talking about Devonta Adams having three games with three or fewer catches. It's unbelievable. By the way, John Terry. 32 of your teams have Derek Carr on them. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that makes you feel better. Probably not. But it is the God's honest uh, truth right now. Yeah. So that's what we're looking at with, with Derek Carr. All right. On to uh, some of like we, we, we tried to tackle the trade deadline in the opening part of the show. We didn't get to everything. So let's start tackling some of these other uh, guys that moved teams and switched jerseys on Tuesday. Naheem Hines goes from Indianapolis to uh, Buffalo right at the uh, trade deadline. Um, John, how does his role change? Does it change at all? Is he simply going to be a more um, uh, supercharged version of Naheem Hines in Buffalo as opposed to Indianapolis now?
3: Yeah, I think that's pretty well put. I don't think his role changes, but, um, I mean, he was in Indianapolis, which is a bad offense that's not going to be near the goal line that often. He goes to Buffalo, who's going to have a lot more – scoring opportunities and he was behind Jonathan Taylor and now he's behind Devin Singletary. So um, I think his value has gone up and I I mean, I think they've been looking for a pass catching back for a while. Um, I think Singletary has been that guy by default. We've seen seen a little bit of Cook lately, but I think he's going to get into that role and, um, you know, start running, um, you know, some more underneath patterns and and we'll have more value.
2: John, this is one of those, for me, one of those shut up and listen questions because I can talk about Derek Carr all day, but I have nothing compelling to add about Clyde Edwards Hilaire other than I never can figure out exactly what to do with him this weekend. He gets the Tennessee Titans um, Flash is some really good things For me, it's always Well, I guess I need to start him next week But next week never comes What's your What's your take on this player?
3: Yeah, this is, he's another guy I drafted too much of um, But uh, You know As opposed to some other guys uh, I mean, I'm looking at my When I'm setting my lineups I'm looking at my teams with my KC running backs And I'm mm-hmm. looking for ways To get them all on my bench You know, Dunk Crypto didn't even ask us about
2: Clyde Edwards. I'm sure he's on his team, too.
3: (laughs) But, I mean, it's pretty much being split three ways now, and they don't use the running backs all that much. So, I I mean, if McKinnon's going to continue to catch some passes and the other stuff is split between Clyde and Pacheco, I mean – I don't know. I don't want to play Clyde. I mean, it, you just have to luck into a touchdown to get points.
2: Ah, uh, Balky uh, and John, the, uh, uh, my esteemed and beloved partner in the FFPC play Trevor Holt points out that Rashid Shaheed could be a developing charger. You should get for your, for your lineups. So I could not pull up my, uh, my depth chart on the chargers, but that's one of the more promising athletic receivers that, uh, that I saw in that group of angular receivers that the Chargers seem to love. Um,
0: I think, as I look at tonight's emails, let's put a pin in the Chargers receiver conversation because I think no, it's never. important. But, but I, I do want to, I do want to touch on some other stuff before we get there. Okay, another trade that went down. One of the first ones before the trade deadline. The Giants send their first round pick from last year, Kadarius Tony. He goes to Kansas City now, and shockingly or unshockingly, the hamstring is miraculously healed, uh, miraculously healed on the flight from New York to uh, to Kansas City. And God bless him. I, you know, the God is a wonderful being. Um, so now it seems like Tony is is going to be ready to go this week. I don't think. I think we can all agree that it's 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 kind of semi desperation if you're going to play Tony this week. I know with the bipocalypse upon us, that you might be forced into it. But let's look at this from a more season-long uh, mm-hmm. aspect here, John Terry. What do you think Tony is for Kansas City? How does he affect the fantasy whims of, you know, Sky Moore, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling? How does he affect those guys? What is he going to be the rest of the season?
3: Yeah, well, I think all the current KC receivers are pretty much just guys and they have value because they're in that offense and they have Mahomes there. And I think um, if I were to look at the KC receivers and I'm planning for, you know, the fantasy playoffs, I think the guy that I want before anyone else is Tony. Cause I think he's more talented than any of those other guys that they have. He's the only guy that has the potential to be a monster come playoff time. And it's amazing, you know, how much happier he's likely to be now being in KC versus New York with a fresh start.
2: Yeah, I can agree with that. Here's, here's something that um I've got to get your opinion on. Cause I really like this player uh, running back Harris from from New England, but it's uh, it's been the Ramondre Stevenson show. And at a time when the quarterback has struggled, whichever one is out there, Stevenson has been the fantasy answer for the New England Patriots. Is there a situation, and is it this weekend, where you would ever uh, put
3: Harris into your lineup if he's on your roster? Well, I mean, I guess if everybody else is on by on your team, <laughs> <then> <laughs> I would, but, uh, but I, I mean, I think he's still – banged up and he's sick i i don't even think we know for sure if he's playing this weekend uh, uh, last i saw latest news today um and if he is in i still think you know it's going to be probably 80 percent Ramondre with him picking up a little bit of the slack so mm-hmm. I, I i wouldn't want to play him if i could avoid it gotcha
0: yeah, and, and, and I think that's the thing. It's just like, you know, is, is he viable? Well, depending upon how desperate your running back and flex situation is, yeah, he could be viable. But, man, you cannot – there's no one – Damian Harris's mom would not want to put Damian Harris in her starting lineup this week. That's just the way it is, even with 16 is on by. So I think you got to look elsewhere, um, even though he still factors into that backfield somewhat. Um, let's talk about Detroit and Green Bay. Uh, you're talking about an historically bad defense in the Detroit Lions. You're talking about a Green Bay defense that has been historically underperforming, given that they have six number one picks on that defense and also soaked in, uh, a, a ton of cash into guys like um Devondre Campbell and Rasul Douglas here. Um, so maybe we're looking at a shootout, John. Maybe we're looking at you know uh, blasting through that 48-and-a-half, 49-and-a-half, whatever the total is uh, on that game. So knowing that that is a distinct possibility, what do you do with a guy like Romeo Dobbs? Uh, Again, not like plan A for anybody this week, but certainly a guy who um, has been involved in that Green Bay passing offense could be more involved in that Green Bay uh, Packers uh, passing offense this weekend. Do you have to find a way to get Dobbs in as one of your flexes and football guys in the FFPC main event in week nine?
3: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think with Green Bay, I mean, I'm doing the opposite is, um, you know, from the Casey running backs and I'm looking for ways to get the Green Bay, Bay guys into my lineups. I think I saw where Lazard's going to be a game time decision. So if I have Dobbs, I have Tanya I have Aaron Jones, like I'm hoping I can find ways. So none of those guys are on my bench this week.
0: And, and and Lazard, yeah, that's you know what's interesting about this is so obviously Lazard is is the guy that everybody wants to play. Um, hurts his shoulder, does not play um, in that uh, in that Buffalo game, um, and if he does play, he's probably going to be beat up to a certain extent. And say what you will about Romeo Dobbs, you know he's a rookie, he's still learning it. Rodgers doesn't trust him, but if you watch those games, like I have, unfortunately, as a Packers fan this year. <laughs> Um, they are scheming him in. They're finding ways, you know, whether it's wide receiver screen, whether it's getting him uh, the ball in space. Like, he is still getting schemed into the game plan. Um, something to remember, too, and, and I haven't gotten the latest on Christian Watson. I know he's still in the concussion protocol, but he was practicing in pads. You know, <clears throat> one of the uh, undersold aspects of, of that Packers game was uh, they had a ton of plays in for Christian Watson this past week, and he goes out with the concussion – but what halfway through the first quarter and then the Packers had to scramble. Right. Um, And, and I think they don't want to be caught in that same situation again, where is, which is why you'd have Romeo Dobbs involved. So if you do have Tunyon, yes, FFPC tight end premium, you got to find a way in. You're already playing Aaron Jones. Dobbs is interesting, but I think Dobbs still for me uh, is going to be started in, in the leagues. I have him in Farrell. I'm going to look for reasons to try to sit him because otherwise he's going to be in my starting lineup.
2: Makes sense to me, bulky, you know, uh, exiting Detroit uh, this week was a certain tight end that I have had a lot of admiration for that uh, certainly had one outlier game this year. And uh, I've been curious what he could do in a different situation. And that's TJ Hawkinson. I think with a landing spot in the trade is what amazed everyone an interdivisional, Uh, trades somewhat unusual but nevertheless uh, john the first question i have were were you ever an irv smith guy were you ever particularly high on the
3: viking tight end or smith um i wasn't i mean he was a guy that was on my list that i drafted a fair amount this year Uh yeah thinking he was going to break out so never
2: a player on my list was he injured this year he seems often
3: injured. Uh, he is now,
2: <laughs> he was—he
3: was coming into the season, coming off a, a pretty significant he, yeah. knee injury. Yeah, he was. Um, I mean, he—he's been banged up a little, but he also, like, even when healthy, was disappointing this year.
2: Exactly, and I—and—and it—it's—he's con- been a confusing player, but I tried not, you know, what do we say as fantasy players? We stick with our gut sometimes, and my gut said no, Irv Smith, and and you know, I think that in Minnesota. Uh, this trade goes beyond the health of Irv Smith to an upgrade at the position. Many times we say, well, let's see how he settles in. Let's see how the player – I think this is a marvelous fantasy acquisition for both Cousins and Hawkinson. And, I, you know, we can blow the roof off some fantasy scoring uh, for both these players, especially with the fact that there's another big fantasy player in that in that uh, receiving uh, arsenal in Minnesota that has a history of getting banged up as we move into double-digit games, that being Thielen. So I'm very, very bullish on Hawkinson where I got him. I'm really thrilled about the, uh, the prospects of my teams, but it's making me look at Cousins a little differently too. Uh, your thoughts on Hawkinson, are you as, are you as pre- predicting a rosy picture as I am?
3: Yeah, I, I am. I, I think it's a, it's an upgrade for sure for Hawkinson. And, I mean, even in, in Detroit, I mean, I, I don't think Detroit used Hawkinson all that well this year. I mean, he basically had one big game where he had, like, 35 points, and, like, the rest of the games he's been very mediocre. So um, I do like it. I, I don't know that I love it this week. I don't know at tight end, like, if you can come in – you know, be traded in same week and really have Mm -hmm. all the plays down and the routes and the timing with the QB and everybody in week one. Um, I mean, I think he'll play. I think he'll do something, but I think it'll probably take him a week or two to really, really get up to speed. Mm -hmm. I I think I'm with you and and what you're saying
0: makes sense. That said, um, let me throw this at you and and, uh, feel free to disagree with me. I think because of tight end being once again a wasteland for the umpteenth year in a row, <laughs> um, I am rolling the dice on a guy like Hawkinson. I don't want to have to dumpster dive on the Jawan Johnsons. And, and, you know, Greg Dulcich actually actually be a pretty good uh, play this week had they not been on by, <laughs> but, but that, but yeah, right? yeah. you're trying to get Denver on the sky. That's Did the thing. See? Like I, I, it's my, it's the Cortland Sutton in me. I have so many problems at receiver. I need something out there in Saskatchewan
2: not is not playing this weekend no, either. Maybe you no. can put them together.
0: I would. I would love. I would love that. But uh, but I don't think I have the pull. Maybe you can get on that trail. Maybe you have that kind of pull. Too late. The CFL. You we should can, have talked <laughs> to me Thursday. But but, <laughs> yeah, but but I mean the thing is like you know when you talk about Juwan Johnson or you know Hunter Henry, Cade Otten, Cole Komet. I mean whatever. Like I, I would much rather if, if any of those guys are my backup to Hawkinson, I'm still going to roll the dice with Hawkinson. I you just threw out me. all of John sleepers. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just telling you right now, like, like, yes, those guys do have some upside, but I'm going to roll the dice with Hawkinson instead. Um, My personal yeah. opinion and, and we'll see if it, if it plays out now, I want to go back guys to something we talked about probably about 10 minutes or so ago. And that's the chargers receiver because uh chargers receivers, because it, leads into the first email we have for John tonight. Now, Gary in Brooklyn uh, has uh, this to say, is DeAndre Carter a viable starter this week if Keenan Allen misses in addition to Mike Williams? Thanks, John. That is Gary in Brooklyn. Gary, thank you for writing it. Now, we do know that Keenan Allen is out, but as John so astutely pointed out earlier in the program, DeAndre Carter might not play this week. Now, Farrell, you brought up. I think it was Trevor Holt said. Oh, up, I'm
2: bringing up New Orleans receivers to right. be moved, so right. I, mean, I I can't even get in the in the right conference. So you know, don't don't pay any attention right. to me. Okay, all
0: right. So here's where we're at, John. Like the the, the, the FFPC, the KFFSC, you could still pick up players. We know that Allen and Williams are out. We know Carter may not play. Is there another Chargers receiver uh, that that we could look at potentially? Uh, picking up and as a as a pick and play this week, is there a guy that that we could you know get you know afford off the waiver wire on the cheap? a guy like you know Jason Moore or Michael Bandy or any of those guys? or is it simply is it simply the Eckler, Palmer, and Everett show?
3: Yeah, I'm not picking up either of those guys cause to be honest, I don't even know which one it would be. And you know, I saw Parham's out too. So yeah, I mean, there's like nobody. Um, and, and I mean, I think it's just a, anybody's guess there on on which guy to to pick up. I, I mean, if you would ask me that question yesterday, I would have told you that I picked up a bunch of DeAndre Carter and yep. I was playing him. But uh, that was before the news came out. So uh, now I think I'm probably avoiding. The
2: speed receiver in that Chargers practice squad is uh, Keelan Doss, and uh, there, there's there's another guy in there that we always loved on the show, Bulky. At least I did back when he was an Eagle, was John Hightower, the, the sensation sure. from Boise State. You know, I I can remember three or four years ago when I was guesting with you on the show, and uh, we, we talked about Gabriel Davis. We said, you know, Gabriel Davis had never done a thing. Get him in your lineup." And he goes off and gets 30 points. You know, from week to week, it's a whole new season. And, you know, it's next man up football, especially on bye weeks and with the injuries we've had this year. You know, if if you're going to buy into a long shot, uh, there's a couple names if they get added to the roster.
0: Uh, This guy does not need to be added to the roster, and it's Taysom Hill. And Kevin in Weehawken, New Jersey, has this to say. Is Taysom Hill more than just a Monday night pivot If Mark Andrews is inactive, that is Kevin and Weehawk in New Jersey. Thank you, Kevin. Mark Andrews uh, has not practiced yet this week. Certainly not looking good for him to play. Now you say like, Oh, okay. So this is, this is what you do. Um, If you, you can't get Isaiah likely in FFPC leagues. And quite frankly, I checked my KFFSC leagues. You can't get likely anywhere. He's already owned there. So what about Taysom Hill? What if you have him? Is he a guy that you can play? If Andrews is inactive now, I have a couple of bids um, on teams I have Andrews on, on Juwan Johnson, where I can deploy him in case Andrews is not in, is inactive. But, John, Taysom Hill, obviously you're going to play him on Monday night if you don't have any other options, and Mark Andrews is inactive. But what about Taysom Hill if you're not in the Andrews situation? Is he a guy against Baltimore that you could flex out in a football guys type league?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, given the situation – with with tight end, I mean, he, I mean he's a gamble, but I mean to me, Taysom Hill's always around tight end ten right now. I mean, I'm not putting him much lower than that. So, and given everyone that's on by, I mean, he's he's viable. Although, I mean, I do have like I think three or four teams where I have Hill and Andrews, and I'm going to use it as just putting. I'll put in, I'll sub in Andrews if he plays, just so I can set it up that way. My other uh, my other uh, ways to get Andrews in look like they're going to fail because I picked up the Marcus Robinson and now looks like he's hurt too. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> so. it's,
0: it, I'm telling you, like if you're not on bye, you're probably dinged up, and that's just the way it is. And I like to say, I want to paint a rosy picture, guys, but I was looking at this before the show tonight. This is one of two weeks where we have six teams on bye. Now this one might be a little bit more lethal, um, given given the given the fantasy um, uh, prospects that we have on 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 by this week. But as mm-hmm. I look at it, and I thought I had it up, you maybe say, I closed the window.
3: You say that, but the other one is uh, league championship. It's week. It's week
0: fourteen. That's <laughs> that, that's what I wanted to know. Yes. So like, so the talent might be more significant this week but man week 14 and and it's but i i look at it i'm gonna bring it up right now because i i don't want to um i don't want to just keep bringing this up and bring it up bucky yeah no i don't want to keep bringing it up and not have the teams up which is why i want to do okay so i got denver's on by this week yes thank god right um the falcons and the bears on by in week 14 as well as the packers and the colts The Saints and the Commanders are the other teams. So you look at that and you say, okay, well, no Kamara, right? Uh, No Terry McLaurin. You won't have Pittman. You may or may not have Jonathan Taylor, whether he's healthy or not. Uh, The Packers uh, have been underwhelming, but obviously no Aaron Jones that week. The Bears, okay, no Montgomery, but outside of that, what are you missing?
2: Claypool. Claypool.
0: Uh, well, Claypool, yes, yeah, yeah, we'll see where he's at at that point. The Falcons, I would say, oh my god, no Kyle Pitts and no Drake London, but Arthur Smith treats those guys up there in a bye week every week, so it doesn't really matter with them. Um, so I think like this week, as far as talent goes, it's a little bit more significant, especially with those Broncos, Pharaoh, on bye. What, what a, <laughs> what, what a horrible, horrible uh outcome that all my teams are gonna have this week. Um, we will not have a horrible outcome to this interview because John Terry is gonna enlighten us with his answers. Farrell, your final question of the evening.
2: Oh, John, it's the toughest question in fantasy football, especially when a gentleman of your stature comes on and all the names we've discussed. But I've still got to have a first-round bust, one we haven't talked about, or not necessarily a first-round bust, but a weekly starter bust. And then I've got to have a sleeper. And I've I've taken all the receivers off the chargers, so you have no sleeper there. Uh, You know, I've got to have something. What are they going to be? A guy not in your lineup. And a sleeper that for the 10 or 15 people that are listening and not talking about horse racing or
0: baseball will be interested in hearing that. And just as a friendly reminder, rem- reminder, John, um, mm-hmm. I know you guys uh, probably have not realized this. I
3: have. The Broncos are on by.
0: So you, <laughs> you cannot utilize any Broncos sleepers
3: this week. <laughs> Good to know. Um, well, I, I will say given all the bye weeks, I mean, I don't know that there's any first-round players that you're going to put on your bench but if I'm picking one to underperform I'm going to go Derek Henry this week oh only because I think I think the Chiefs are going to put up a good game against them and I think it'll take Henry out of the game plan um so so we'll see but I mean if you have Henry you probably still got to play him but beyond that if you're looking further down the 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 list i'm not starting any one named uh any running backs named robinson Mm. i'm I'm benching both uh both james and brian um as far as a sleeper um and this is mainly because i still have to do some more pivoting and i was looking into it but uh my my sleeper this week it's going to be James Prochet on Monday. Mm-hmm. Spicy. I like it. He's little. He can
2: run around and get open. How many targets? Do you think they're just going to be high-quality targets?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, Lamar can uh, unload the deep ball to somebody. I mean, pretty much they're going to be down to him and Duvernay, right? And if uh, if Andrew sits, I mean, I guess likely in there, but – yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, I think he's he's up for a couple of big plays, and I mean, he he also can get some underneath targets. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just need someone else as uh, as a uh, pivot for my Mark Andrews teams in case he sits. So, right, he's uh, not to to tell everybody what I'm doing, but he he's my Sunday morning bid.
0: I like that. You know, we guys, and this is my fault. I, I didn't bring this up at all, but Rashad Bateman is out for the year. It sounds like according to Dennis Allen, Michael Thomas is going to be out for the year. Um, John, are you doing any, you just mentioned Prochet, but are you doing anything off the waiver wire with, with any of the other uh Saints receivers? I mean, it seems like Jarvis Landry can't get right. Callaway's out there. Traquan Smith is out there in some leagues. Are either of those guys worth a pickup now that we know that Thomas is probably not coming back until 2023?
3: Yeah, they're probably worth a pickup, but I, I don't know that they're like an immediate plug and play, and you're gonna if, have to see who if you pick out. them
2: up, you're tempted sometime to play them, and they've been given so many opportunities and they play okay. so poorly, except when you don't have them in your lineup. It is the, the biggest <laughs> fool's gold of those two receivers that you could possibly ever have. I've just I'm gonna stay away. I, I would rather play. Multiple backup tight
0: ends than put those two guys. Right. I, I get it. I get it. Um, and, and that makes sense. Like don't put yourself in a bad position where you have to feel compelled to start. You know, it's like um some of these GMs who um make bad draft picks, right? And they tell the coach, you gotta play this guy, you gotta play this Not guy. Play. Don't, don't throw don't throw good money after bad money, right? Mm. And and I think bad money might be picking those guys up. And certainly it could help you out in a pinch, right? But if it's not helping you out in a pinch and you're weighing these guys, uh, it may not be the right thing um, or the best thing for your lineup to be playing these guys when you don't absolutely have to. Um, We absolutely had to have on John Terry on the program tonight, a guy who has a top 20 team in the Football Guys Players Championship, a guy who had two top 10 teams finish in the Football Guys Players Championship last year, a guy who has got. Uh, almost a dozen high-stakes dynasty leagues titles, almost two dozen FFPC and um, Football Guys league titles to his name. Always good to wrap with you, John. I, I feel. Uh, uh, what, what's the Billy Bean line from um, from Moneyball, where he's like, uh, "Good talk." Every time we con- converse, I my my love for the game is re-energized, <laughs> and, and that's how I feel when I talk with you uh, about.
2: Volky, I, I look for 2028 when we're celebrating John's 100th. League championship <laughs> within six years. I will have within six years. Don't let me down, John. No, no all no. right. We good. got party being we'll planned we'll for that on. It's,
0: it's on this show. What he does, John. Let be good. In. Enjoy week nine. Good luck the rest of the way, dude. Thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. We really appreciate it.
3: All right. Good talking to you guys. Have a good weekend, John Terry.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, uh a guy who Love has won uh, so many leagues in the FFPC, so many leagues in the Football Guys Players Championship. Always good to wrap with him. Uh, and once again, we are coming up on the end of the show, Farrell, and we have not answered any emails, so we will go through as many of these as we can here. Carl uh, in Lansing, Michigan. What's up, fellas? They play each other this week, so who's the right tight end to play in Week 9? Is it Tyler Conklin or is it Dawson Knox? Thank you so much. That is Carl in Lansing, Michigan. I like Conklin this week. I know it's been kind of like hit or miss with that guy. You um, know, he'll, he'll have these big blowout games, um, and then other games will just be non-existent. But again, to go back to my Hawkinson theorem, when tight end has been as bad as it is, I'm willing to roll the dice on the guy who's been, you know, really, um, you know, up or down, up and down, uh, uh, from uh, from uh, a game to game basis. Whereas Dawson Knox is, he's just been okay when he's been good. I mean, he hasn't had like a a nine or ten catch game like Conklin has. So I'm going to go with Conklin here. Do
2: that up or down thing again. This thing, well, this thing. Well, it, it, yeah, and uh, down is where Knox is. He's touchdown dependent tight end. You, he, he makes nice plays. But look, Conklin, ten targets uh, last week on a quarterback that likes to extend the play and look for that big target. Conklin's your guy here, easy.
0: Uh, Ken in Albuquerque. Hey guys, has the time to come? Has the time come to play Justin Fields over Tom Brady this week? <laughs> And uh, th- thank you for the email, Ken, in Albuquerque. I'll bring this up. <coughs> Excuse me, right now as we look at um, those matchups this week. So, Tampa uh, Bay gets the, I believe, the Rams this week. No, they get. Um, beg your pardon. They're at Dallas. Am I looking at this right, Farrell? No, I'm not. If you are no, Week not. Nine NFL no schedule? Totally, I'm totally wrong. It's okay. Um, good. They're Lord. playing Denver. Denver no. You know. Yes, the Buccaneers played there. It is the Rams. They get uh, the Rams at home this week, uh, does Tampa Bay. Chicago is at home against the Dolphins. I I can't remember if I brought it up on this show, but, man, I love what Fields is doing with his legs. It, it doesn't seem like it's going away. Um, that, that Buccaneers offense, even when they're at full strength, I know they won't have gauge this week, but even when they're at full strength, it seems like they just can't get on the same page. Yeah, I'm playing Fields over Brady this week. Well, you're just
2: crazy, Balky. You know, it, it's... It... We've got a situation here where Fields has yet to even throw 30 passes in a game, and he's yet to complete 20. He's uh, he, he's going to run, but he's going to have to find the end zone to overcome a quarterback who's, who's, you know, when he had to step up against the Chiefs, Brady threw for 385 yards. He cannot help that his receivers cannot catch the ball when he lays it in just right into their hands. If That's hopefully – going to change and brady has the upside to really turn that around fields is coming together the Claypool ain't that great not yet and uh you know all the weapons are in in tampa and i'm not uh I, i'm not so sure that you know that we're going to continue to see brady who's thrown only nine touchdowns against one interception we're at the halfway mark I think as we go through the rest of the season, Brady's going to double up on those touchdowns, and then you're going to be rewarded for starting Brady. So, yes, you must start Brady over
0: fields. As a guy who owns Brady in several leagues with not a whole lot of options behind him, I certainly hope you're right because I could use a big game from Brady against the Rams this week for sure. Uh, Let's keep talking about the Bears here. Uh, Pat in Big Cabin, Oklahoma. I don't know if that's the name of the city or if that's just where he lives. Is it nuts to want to start David Montgomery's backup, Khalil Herbert, uh, instead of the starter in Washington, <laughs> Brian Robinson, he says, "Good luck in Week Nine, Pat, in his big cabin in Oklahoma." Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely not nuts. I, I could definitely see it. Um, the way that the Bears have been running the football lately, uh, it's it, you know, it's really weird. Farrell, you, you look at, the, I think there's some similarities between the Bears' rushing game and the Falcons' rushing game. Two teams that don't necessarily have positive game scripts for their running backs yet they seem to do very well rushing the football on a week-to-week basis. So, yeah, I mean, I could easily make the case for Khalil Herbert over Brian Robinson this week. Um, Say what you will with Antonio Gibson, but he's creeping up into the snap count a little Mm -hmm. bit more. He's being more involved in the passing game, and that takes away from Brian Robinson. Push comes to shove. Uh, I don't have to make this decision on any of my teams, but, yeah, I, I think on a couple of them, if I had Herbert V. Robinson, i would be playing Herbert over Robinson in a couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, and if you have Herbert, you've got to quit looking at the depth chart and start looking at the results. 563 yeah. yards, four touchdowns, 6.2 yards average per carry. You can't deny that, putting that in your offense. He's on a pace to do uh, less than 200 carries but, but gain a 1,000 yards. This is the player that you've got to put Herbert in your lineup over a lot of other running backs. He's in the top 20 in rushing yards in the league.
0: Uh, this is the final email I think we have tonight as no. I go through them here. I think it, yeah, it's the last one. Okay. This is um Will in Denver, uh, whose Broncos are on by this week. <laughs> just to point that out. <laughs> Do I play Zay Jones against the Raiders oh. or Hunter Renfro against the Jaguars? Thanks in no. advance. That's Will in Denver. Another question we have this week where two players are going against each other. Uh, the Raiders and Jaguars uh, going uh, at it in Jacksonville this week, and that is a one uh, o'clock game. So you look at this game here, Farrell. I, I don't know what's going on with the Raiders offense. Um, you know, it seems like Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams, they should be doing better than they are. I don't know if it's because Josh Jacobs has been running hot or, or whatever. It, it's very, very difficult for me to say, yeah, let's play Renfro when he hasn't really put it together at all this season. Zay Jones already has a couple of really excellent games. I'm going to lean towards Zay Jones here. You know, and you can, and you
2: would be legitimately leaning that way, especially after last week when the team did not, um, the, the team didn't get, you could talk about Jacobs being successful this year, but the team did not get offensively past the 50 yard line. They didn't even get into, they were never on red zone. You know, you just right. think the game has been stopped and, and, it, it, fortunately, we didn't have to watch the game, but the players have had similar years. Each has an outlier game. Zay Jones has a game with 10 catches this year when other receivers were hurt. They're both fill in players. They both don't seem to have a lot of history this year or even last, finding the end zone. I would dig into my roster and see if I could find another player uh, if I really needed to score some points here. I'm going to go with the home team. Both quarterbacks have been erratic, but you know, we we're talking a lot uh, about Derek Carr. Let's talk about Trevor Lawrence. Two touchdowns and four interceptions in his last four games. October has been a nightmare for Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence, and despite the fact that he has Travis at the end playing at one of the highest levels of any running back in football. So, two great running backs, uh, very uh, successful running backs, getting their opportunities this year uh, with with quarterbacks that are struggling. This is a very strange game. It's another one o'clock start. I I tried to. I tried to blame the Raiders' slow first half on their uh, one o'clock start for a West Coast team, but I don't think that carries much water. That that, that team's uh, that team's got a difficult uh, situation that they got to straighten out real quick.
0: You know, you bring up red zone on, on a sidebar here. I have a buddy who actually, Farrell, you met a few years ago um, at uh, Mile of Music in mm-hmm. downtown Appleton in northeast Wisconsin, and he has gotten uh, very much into uh, betting on games. NFL games, and uh, he is convinced that Red Zone has a vendetta on whatever game is on Fox because they they never show the Fox game on Red Zone. Like, whatever game is on Fox in our local market here, they never show it. A conspiracy
2: theorist. And, and what's his
0: name? His name is Matt. Okay.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember meeting that. Right. Yeah. A really
0: tall guy. Tall yeah, drink of water. So, 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 so I said, I'm like, if you think they're never showing it, when you think, like, they're in the Red Zone or stuff's going on. Just flip back to that. No, fantasy. you can't
2: turn off. You might get no, a commercial. No, no, I,
0: I encourage it, and that's what happens, Farrell. It's on commercial, or they're at midfield, or the uh, team's. Down. I'm like, there is no vendetta. There's stocks, no vendetta. No, no, defense, no. They, stocks, they're going to
2: show. They're going to show all the. They're going to show all the schools. Yes, yeah.
0: and, and and we show all the fantasy analysis on this show, and much of that is due to you, good sir, the definitive oh, commissioner you. of fantasy football, thank you. Farrell Elliot. Check out Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. A gentleman, a scholar, and not a bad fantasy football player. We'll do this again next Friday, dude.
2: See you then, buddy.
0: All right. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen. Always good to uh, talk fantasy football with him every Friday night. Always good to talk fantasy football with all of you. Uh, every Friday night here at 10:9 Central. I want to thank John Terry. I want to thank Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob, Bryce, and of course, each and every one of you for watching, listening, streaming, downloading, however you're consuming this content. We appreciate it. Shout out uh, a couple of birthdays today, David Shaw and Justin Cox. Justin Cox, who was just on this show uh, probably a couple of months ago. And David Shaw, who's made a couple of appearances on this program as well. They're celebrating their birthday today. Happy birthday, gentlemen. Uh, we are back next uh, uh, Friday, 10, 9 central. The ninth place team in the Football Guys Players Championship. John Donatio will be our guest. That's going to be an exciting interview. Very looking forward to talking with him as we get you set for week 10 of the ffpc and the football guys players championship uh watch the road high stakes lowdown or listen to it rotoviz.com slash podcast in case you missed it from tuesday uh with my guest greg pignatelli good stuff from him there uh want to remind you that we will have a brand new high stakes lowdown uh this coming tuesday again 10 9 central is what we're shooting for on tuesday nights for the hsl sld uh every single week so you know exactly when to tune in. Uh, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network goes live Wednesdays at ten nine Central on the Better Sports Network app, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. With yours truly and coming up this Wednesday, Josh Hayes, Who you know him from uh, SiriusXM Fantasy Football's uh, Roto Baller Show and rotoballer.com. He will be my co-host on uh, that program as well. Don't forget to play the FFPC Weekly Challenge Week 9 Edition. 35 bucks gets you in. You can play for $200 and uh, potentially win a 2023 FFPC main event. All you got to do is beat nine other people, and you are in the big dance next year to play for a million bucks. Only one player per team in that format. You can play in a 10-team uh, slam. You could play in a 12-team classic with the characters and defenses. It is totally up to you. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified of all these FFPC videos that we put out. Don't forget about the weekly preview show. I should be uh, promoting that more with our guy Dave Terpoli and, of course, Aiden LaCory. They give it to you live every Sunday morning, getting you set for all the action right here on the FFPC YouTube channel so you know exactly what you should be doing with those tough sit decisions uh, that are coming up. Uh, maybe not so tough this week. You're just playing the guys that aren't on by with six teams on um, the Mageddon this week. Uh, So hopefully the ball bounces your way. Good luck in uh, week nine, everybody. Certainly uh, hope um, everything works out for you as you maintain your push to the playoffs in the FFPC main event, the Football Guys Players Championship, the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship main event, or whatever leagues you're playing in. We're just so glad you're tuning in for advice from the best players in the world, like John Terry. For Farrell Elliott, I'm Eric Balkman. Your weekend officially starts now. Not sure how many of you are college football fans out there and I can't remember if I brought this up last week or not but I um my brother works for the University of Wisconsin uh Madison the home of the Badgers and he gets free tickets for um select Badgers games throughout the year um I was able to finagle a couple of tickets from him a couple of months ago for the Wisconsin Maryland game tomorrow which of course Wisconsin welcoming uh welcoming in Tua Tungavailoa's brother Talia Tungavailoa who is the uh, quarterback for the high powered Maryland Terrapins offense um, was going to go with my buddy, Matt, that I just mentioned uh, with Farrell and uh, he cannot go. Cause he uh, found out he has to coach his son in a uh, uh, grade school basketball tournament uh, was going to bring my, um, my son, a nine, nine-year-old son, but I did not want to bring him to the game because there are 40 mile an hour gusts of wind, 20 to 30 mile an hour winds most of the day and a lot of rain. I didn't want him to be miserable, on his, uh, uh, you know, for his first game uh, ever to go to the Badgers uh, at Camp Randall Stadium, legendary Camp Randall Stadium in beautiful Madison, Wisconsin. My mother then decided she was going to come, and then uh, uh, she sent me the text message on um, Wednesday, uh, beg your pardon, Thursday night, uh, saying, yeah, you know, I won't be offended if you find somebody else. And then Friday morning, today, this morning, she sends me a text message. I'm sorry, I I really want to go, but I can't. And we had a big group phone call today. Does anybody want to sit in 40-mile-an-hour gusts of wind and rain to watch the Badgers and Maryland play in probably an inconsequential game in the Big Ten, and it was a resounding no. So for anybody out there who thinks that all Wisconsin football fans are crazy and will sit through anything, any type of weather, to watch their team play, I can give you proof positive that is not the case, as I will be sitting underneath a blanket, in my couch, in my basement, watching the game tomorrow, uh, taking in uh, the game via TV rather than in person. Just a lesson for you out there. Don't stereotype all Wisconsin sports fans. Good luck in week nine, everybody. Uh, Thank you so much for watching. We'll speak with you next week.